This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 226 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and I'm joined by Charlie this week. How are you doing mate? Are you well? I am very well. I... Do you know what? Do you ever have those weeks where you're not running around, you're not really doing that much, but you're also really, really busy? Yep. It's been, yeah, it's been one of those sorts of weeks. Um, yep. I mean, I mean, just today, two YouTube videos already recorded. We're now doing the podcast. Little cheeky plug, get over to the YouTube, go subscribe. There's so much coming out on it, um, <laughs> including a preview, including an insight into our new uh, wingback, who we will discuss a little bit later, but go and check it all out. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you've been smashing out the content for it, mate. It's really impressive. Um, as yeah, it's uh, everybody go get subscribed because I think when we hit uh, when we hit a thousand, we can join the YouTube Partner Program um, and start making some advertising money. Um, we can, although if it's anything to go by from my NGB stuff, uh, it's 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 fun trying to make money on YouTube. Let's just put it that way. So. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's been um, it's been a, a, a weird couple of weeks, but uh, back in it now, back in the back in the swing of it, and feeling a lot better than I have been. So it's all all good. Um, and it was, of course, helped by um, a convincing win in the uh, in the Carabao Cup on Tuesday night away at Notts County. Um, I listened to it. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't get there due to work. Um, and I know you you went as well. So I've seen the highlights. You've seen the full game and the highlights. Um, I mean, you know, it, it sounded on the radio like we kind of controlled it a lot. I mean, the possession stats are not in our favour, but I think that's probably what happens when, uh, you know, you give the ball to, to a team and they sort of mess around with it at the back and uh, we capitalise when they make mistakes, don't we? Yeah, look, I mean, we'll go into a, a full kind of review of the game in a second, but I think the kind of fundamental headline is it just shows that Saturday didn't give us anything to worry about. Yep. The, you know, the, the game away at Bolton, um, I know Gaz and Chris have already kind of looked over it fully, but as far as I was concerned, it was a game against one of the teams that's going to be up there. We let in a couple of sloppy goals, and then after that, we weren't really in the game. Well, we yep. were, but. You know, they scored the third because we were pushing up. These things happen. Tuesday night showed perfectly that it wasn't going to affect us. We went out there. We executed our game plan perfectly. and We did exactly what we need to do. And I'll, I'll kind of go into the numbers in a second. But as far as I was concerned, it showed that we, we're we going to be a bit of a force this season. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, the... the I, I I'm I'm hesitant to be quite as positive um, for the sole reason that you know obviously a well I didn't see the full game so I, I can't really make a judgment on the whole uh, on the whole performance but obviously we had a strong we had a strong eleven out um, from what I understand County sort of uh, fielded a slightly weakened side um, yeah. so maybe that sort of played into our hands a little bit but 
I mean, yeah, it was it was a convincing win. Um, it sounded on the radio and, and also looking at the highlights that um, whatever we fed Danny Mandroyo at half time, we need to keep feeding him constantly because um, it sounds like he absolutely ran the show. On he, uh, he definitely did have his wee to bits at half time. Not that he was bad in the first half, um, but he just really turned it on oh, in the second. Incredible, absolutely incredible, and. Not to not to backtrack four minutes into the pod, but when I say we're going to be a force to you know this season, I'm not turning around and saying that we are going to have won the league by the end of February. I just mean that when we go out there and execute our game plan and we, we do exactly what Kennedy is asking of the team, then we're gonna we're gonna pick up possibly more points than last season, but definitely up there with the same amount. Yeah, no, I think, um, I mean, let's let's go into the game then. I mean, obviously, mm. you know, first half um, on the radio, it sounded like Notts County were, were kind of trying to do what we did a few seasons ago when we were, you know, uh, when we were getting beaten at home quite a lot, where you yeah. know, they were trying to play it out from the back um, and letting sloppy mistakes happen um, and letting, you know, the, uh, the opposition capitalise on it. Um, it definitely sounded like, we were we were really punishing them, um, and like I said earlier, despite that, you know, I think it was about 70, 70 percent possession that mm-hmm. they had. They just didn't do anything with it, and we allowed well, we allowed them to play because we knew that we could pick them off. Um, and yeah, I mean, by the time the by the time the goal came, um, it, it sounded like you know we were by far the better team with the ball and without the ball as well. Even though we didn't see as much of the ball as County did, was that probably yeah, about so? So just to kind of to run through kind of the stats, obviously you've mentioned some of them there. Yeah, they did have 73% possession. We only obviously had 27%. Um, but we had 18 shots, 10 on target, compared to their six shots with only one on target. Um, and, and I know that Chris isn't on the podcast this week, but you're not escaping XG. We <laughs> had 2.18 to their 0.68 uh, Passes, they had over double the amount of passes than us, uh, both attempted and completed. Uh, but ball recoveries, we have more, and Jules won, we have more. What that to me shows, and, and what it showed on Tuesday night, watching the game, look, we let them have the ball. Yep. For those that listened to the preview last weekend, uh, I think it was in the section that went into the podcast that was released on Sunday, the Knox County fan who I spoke to specifically turned around and said, look, we're probably going to have more of the ball. It's a ball. We won't be more that comfortable bringing it out from the back. So it's all about how you can set up against that. And Mark Kennedy must have been listening because he <laughs> he knew exactly what to do. He set the team up to press, not press the goalkeeper too much, but press when that wide centre-half got the ball. Go and get the ball. And, and happened on a good few occasions where they would just give us the ball. They tried playing it forward, across or whatever, and we'd just get the ball off them. It happened on far too many occasions. Ultimately, tactically, we set up perfectly for an out-of-possession play. We knew that we weren't going to have the ball, but when we did, we were then clinical. When we won the ball, more like, more times than not, it was in their half, and that's the thing. We set up higher, we pushed them back. They could have the ball with their centre-halves. That's fine. It didn't bother us, especially when we were 1-0 up, considering we scored within the first half. So... <sighs> I, you know, I keep on going back to the fact and saying that we executed the game plan perfectly. And I know it's a bit of a cliche and all of this, but we really did that out of possession tactical work that has obviously been put in for that game worked perfectly. And Kennedy obviously knew exactly what it was that he wanted from his team. Let them have the ball. Doesn't matter. They're not going to be able to do anything with it. They had one, I'd say, really good chance with uh, Dan Crowley, uh, I, I believe, crossed it over. Um, to, I can't remember exactly who it was in the middle at the time, but that was their one and only chance. And that had to come from effectively a bit of a counter-attack. And that was the only time that we really got caught out all game. Outside of that, they didn't show enough, but that was because we didn't let them show enough. That wasn't because we were the better side. That wasn't because we sat deep and blocked off. It was because we pushed up high. We didn't let them get out. We didn't let them play their game. And we, for that reason, then played ours. Yeah, that's kind of how I think we're going to be setting up for the season, to be honest. Like, I mean, I know we've mentioned before about the tactical flexibility that we've got of playing um, a couple of different styles. Obviously, mm. we, we set up as a the more traditional um, 3-4-3 that we, we expect to see from, from a, a Mark Kennedy Lincoln City on Tuesday night. Um, and then 
obviously when county went down to 10 we, we changed that quite a bit to to really yeah. put pressure on them um to you know to try and force a third um but really i mean i think the thing that surprised me the most did you have sean rowan down as our first goal scorer of the season <laughs> If I did, I'd probably be sat on a beach somewhere rather than here. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, no, no, it was it was a bit of a bit of a shock. But at the same time, it was right place, right time, and it, that that's a striker's instinct there from from our yeah. left centre half. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was a it was well worked routine. I, I don't mm. think looking back at the highlights, I I was surprised at the fact it didn't go in like high it kind of skimmed yeah. everybody didn't it and then it you know found its way through to Sean who, who, who prodded it home but you know delighted for him really obviously signed his new contract in the summer um after a bit of speculation and um yeah. you know he's, he's rewarded with uh with a bit of a goal a bit of a goal with a goal um <laughs> and um you know I thought from from everything that happened in that first half um I was you know I was really impressed with how everything sounded and, and from the highlights um i thought hackett made a you know a good impression mm-hmm. um of what he can do i think uh, there was a few instances where you know not only going forward but it looks like he was tracking back quite a lot as well and and you know um getting uh, getting the ball back when we were threatened to lose it um but um yeah i mean the, the first half sounded comfortable um the second half sounded dominant to be honest yeah um, you know, we've obviously mentioned uh, Mandroyu essentially running the show, um, and um, yeah, I mean, you talk about a striker's instinct from a defender, um, mm-hmm. and the same thing happened with Las Sorensen for his goal. I mean, that was an absolutely wonderful finish uh, for the second goal. It was. Uh, it it was like you say. It was. It was really just. <laughs> Not right place, right time, because he had to move in to get in that position. He had to make a proper little arcing run right behind uh, Mandroya, wasn't it, um, who took yeah. the original shot. So he had to get there and then took it away in the bottom corner. It, it was just a really nice goal. And if he hadn't have scored it and his was blocked, somebody else would have been right behind to queue up to score. And I think that's that was kind of symbolic of the whole second half. It was everybody just wanted a bit of a go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think... Um, everything sort of came together quite well on Tuesday night. I think uh, Tyler Walker's starting was a, a little bit of a surprise to me, mm-hmm. given that he, you know, he'd obviously um, played played a little bit on Saturday as well. Um, but you know, it, he by all accounts looked quite sharp. Didn't necessarily show the signs that he's three weeks behind everybody else. Um, and, and then, yeah, like I said, you know, Hackett and Mandroyu. Um, seemingly were the, the, the stars of the show for for the imps um but yeah the the, the the walker starting was um that was a bit of an interesting one because i was i was in the pub at the time um i was a couple of pints deep my <laughs> phone my phone had horrendous signal so somebody was reading out the team news and they says oh walker starting I'm like, oh okay okay yeah, I'm, I'm assuming house on the bench and at first he went nope no house so I'm there like, no, he's injured. <laughs> and, then, and, and then like two minutes later, he goes, oh, hang on a minute, House is there. Why would you do that to me? <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, I mean, you know, House coming on, um, it's it's nice to have that option, isn't it, yeah. of, of somebody coming on that we know is a reliable player, mm. is going to, you know, try his best and, and potentially get, a, you know, nick a goal, I think. Um I think it's the same incident that, I, that that was on the radio where they uh, they put it in the highlights where um, he kind of went in for a tussle with the keeper and, and, and on another day could potentially have been given a penalty. I mean, it would it looked soft, but um, yeah, I mean it, that's that's what Ben House does, isn't it? He hurries and he you know he, he rushes and, and tries to well press for a goal. So um, yeah, overall, very very happy with that. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, Gaz pointed out in our group chat before the game uh, that you know we, we were probably going to be going for a morale boosting win with the lineup that yeah. we uh, with the eleven that we put out. Um, that's exactly what we got, and I think it's it's putting us in good stead going into Saturday. But we won't talk about that just yet because <laughs> um, obviously after the game um, we had to wait twenty four hours, uh, and then after the game last night we had the draw for the second round, didn't we? Um, yeah. 
and yeah, this is the this is the round when the teams in the Premier League that aren't in Europe come into play, and we've drawn a Premier League side away um, in the form of Sheffield United. So probably one of the better draws that we could have, I think. Absolutely. Um, it was, I, th- I think, I've got to be honest, Forrest was at the top of my yep. want list and then Sheffield United were right right there as well. It's it's a great game. It's, it's a new ground for a lot of people. I, I've done it myself, but... Uh, not obviously not for a Lincoln game because I wasn't born the last time we played Sheffield United. <laughs> um, but no, it it was a it was a really good a really good draw. Um, obviously, the last ball out of the pot again, as seems to always happen. Um, for those that watched the draw, uh, I, I just need a little ball to start talking into. I, I, um, what was Martin O'Neill doing? And then. Well, and then um, Mark Chapman was also absolutely atrocious. Port Vale <laughs> threw a League Two, an all League Two tie, and uh, Leicester being into Leicester into in League, League Two. two. It, it was just a really, really poor showing. But then maybe that's what happens when they leave it until eleven o'clock to actually do the draw. Yeah, it was quite late, wasn't it? I was. Uh, I mean, we watched the we watched the the um, the Leicester Burton game. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, kind of had it on afterwards for the draw, and I was just like, "I is is this some sort of weird fever dream?" Because as I said, Martin <laughs> O'Neill was every time he got the every time he drew a ball, it was like, "Right, rustle it around. I'm going to talk into the mic." And then this is number twenty-two, like talking directly into the ball. It's like, what it are you doing? He was sort of corrected it because you know you're trying to do things and he was then called that and he carried on doing he carried it on the first part of it it Absolutely was it was mad. really weird um but to kind of stop the tangent because we can moan, say let's get back on track we can moan about that all, uh, <laughs> all afternoon to be honest but yeah Sheffield Sheffield United I mentioned the fact that I wasn't born the last time we played them that was 23 years ago back in the year 2000 back when Ben was only 50 um, <laughs> I was 14 <laughs> I was 14 so, imagine um <laughs> Yeah, so we we played Sheffield United back then. Funnily enough, also in the League Cup, that was back when the League Cup had uh, two rounds, mm-hmm. two legs. That's the word I'm looking yep, for. Two legs, two legs in yeah. the, uh, and it was still the second round, and we uh, won the home game, which was the most recent game. We won that one nil. Uh, we slightly lost six one in the away game, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. Um, it's. It, you can't really pick, take much from sort of the past record against Sheffield no. United. But just in case if anybody did want to, we've played 36, we've won eight, drawn four, lost 24. Um, like I said, obviously, the, the last time there was a win at home, a loss away. Um, yeah, we can't, like I say, you, you can't really take much. Um, I, I know that, Ben, you've got a few words to say on Sheffield United themselves. Um, but yeah. it's, it's a winnable game, is kind of the headline. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the the fact is that you know Sheffield United they've they've kind of gone up um, from the Championship, um, uh, you know, at the end of last season. They're going into the Premier League, and from you know, by all accounts, it doesn't seem like there's the sort of party atmosphere that you'd expect from a team that that are going up into the Premier League because they've had you know they've had a number of. Of, of financial issues um, over the past few years, but the, the main one seems to be that they they don't seem happy with the ownership um, at the moment. I think yeah. my understanding is it's one of the uh, the sort of lesser Saudi princes that that owns the club. Um, he's uh, I think now the second or the 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 actual poorest poorest in inverted commas, like the least wealthy uh, club owner in the in the Premier League. Um, I think he was one of the least wealthy owners in the championship as well. Mm. Um, and it just seems to be that, you know, he's trying to find a buyer for the club at the moment and it doesn't seem to be happening because he also wants to maintain some sort of controlling interest in the club, even after it's sold, which a lot of people are kind of going, well, n- no. Um, but it's, it, it it is a winnable game in my opinion, because you've got, you know, you've got a team that I think they've made 
I think they've made three signings, but they've also yeah. sold two of their best players from uh, from last season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've, they've sold one to Burnley. I think one's gone to Marseille, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Elman and Giant um, has gone to Marseille, yeah. That's the one, yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, you're looking at a, a team that have lost their stars going into the biggest league in the in the in the world it's like well surely the the you know the, the the benefits that you'd get and the bonuses that you'd get from that promotion would allow you to keep those players and expand your squad um but it, it definitely seems like you know there's a little bit of turmoil there at the moment and whether that's going to be resolved by the time we go there i i seriously doubt that because we're looking at about what two maybe three weeks um yeah, it's they're, they're not they're not going to be in the best position. I, th- I think most people who have any kind of interest in the Prem are putting them as their expected bottom team, which is crazy to think. When let's be honest, at the start of the summer, most people putting Luton there, and yeah. possibly rightly so, they would have been sort of the smallest club in the Prem at the time and with mm-hmm. the weakest squad. But yeah, Sheffield United are really trying to take that mantle off them, which is. Uh, it's like you say. It's, it is definitely a winnable game. I think the the only potential worry they they do play Man City on the Sunday. Um, yep. So for those that haven't seen that, like I said, they play Man City on the Sunday. It almost definitely then confirms that we will be the Wednesday night. Yeah, um, especially with Sheffield Wednesday also at home, so they'll take the Tuesday. Um, so yeah, that the only, my only slight worry is if they get absolutely thumped by Man City, are they just going to want a reaction? And are they going to put out a reasonably strong squad? For a morale boosting win, it's kind of like what we did against Counting. If they yeah. do, it's obviously going to be slightly tougher. Um, but if they don't, we could very much see us playing against the likes of Daniel Jeverson and Willa Sula players. You know, Willa Sula we've been linked with before, um, played against us in the friendly against them a couple seasons back, the mm-hmm. sort of two 60 minute matches. Uh, Daniel Jeverson, formerly at Burton on loan, obviously Willa Sula was, was at Derby. So if, if the likes of them play, their players at our level. Um, so it could be quite quite an even game, like we say, a winnable game, if if they are willing to set it up like that. Yeah, I mean, it. it I think a lot does hinge on that um, on that game on the Sunday. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I think you're probably right on that one. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm gonna, you know. I'm aiming to go. Um, yeah. It should be a, a you know a decent one. It's a, a big ground, a big stadium. I've I've, I've never been to Bramall Lane myself. Um, you know, I think it's going to be. Uh, they're well supported as well. You know, I think even mm-hmm. in spite of a lot of the problems that they're having off the pitch at the moment, um, they're, they're going to be selling out every week. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, yes, a lot of that's going to be the fact they're now in the Premier League, but they've never, you know, they've never had a low attendance, have they? Um, traditionally, no, so this is it. It'll be it will be a bit of a, a fortress to go to, and it'll. And, Quite frankly, that that'll be a good thing because we're going to take a good few thousand. We took seventeen hundred and fifty to to Notts County. We're going to take more than that to Sheffield United. There's almost no doubt about that. Um, yeah, I've I've actually been to Bramall Lane twice. Once for a football match and once for a concert. Um, okay, it is. It's, it's a good. It's a decent enough ground. Um, kind of kind of in the city, surrounded by terrace houses and such. Yeah, um, not too far from the station either. So, okay, uh, hopefully. The trains can run nicely and we can have a bit of a football special on the way back, which would <laughs> be nice. So. I do believe at the minute there isn't a train back from Sheffield to Lincoln. So, hopefully Well, that that's going to be a fun one to do, isn't it? Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, Sheffield United away, um, possibly one of the best draws that we could have had. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, by all accounts, I think it's, it's, it's one that we might be able to squeak through. Apart from the fact that, again, and I mean, to be honest, I actually see this as a positive. Not everybody does. Another away game. That is now seven in a row in this competition. The last one being Liverpool at home during COVID or Everton at home, uh, excluding the COVID matches. I think we're closing in on a record. I'm not... (laughs) I couldn't find out what the exact League Cup record was, but I could find out that in an English domestic competition it is stockport with 11 in the okay. fa cup so we're only a few off <laughs> i mean to be fair i i think gaz made the point earlier in his uh, in his back uh, video from the, the garden like <laughs> in in this competition i think it's probably better if you draw is, a bigger yeah. team away 
because there's no prize money and yeah. the gates are split. So mm -hmm. if it is 50-50, or no, it's about 60-40, I think, isn't it? Something it's 45-45 like with 10 going to the league from what I can get. That's the one, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it's a, a decent split. You know, if we yeah. get a, if they get a big crowd, we'll get more money potentially than we would have done if it had just been, you know, a sellout league game at home, mm -hmm. for example. So interesting one um, and hopefully a, a bit of a, a boost to the coffers. Um, which will allow, I mean, it's going to be very, very late in the day for a transfer to, to come from that. But, you know, um, but are we going to be going for any more transfers? Because according to Jez George, um, today our permanent business has concluded and we're going to be looking at loan players um, to bolster the squad. If nothing special happens, if nothing special we've happens, got, of course, got to, got to um, add that clause in. <laughs> yes, but of course, yeah, that that is um, the words after we've signed uh, Jack Burrows. So Jack Burrows coming in on loan from Coventry um, mm -hmm. for a full season. Um, you know, a, a wing back um, seems like he's quite versatile. Can play either side and can also play uh, defensive midfield if he's needed as well. So another one that's not, you know, he's not short by any means, um, over six foot, I think six foot two, six foot three, um, coming in to, to add yet more height to the team. Um, but that doesn't seem to, uh, you know, diminish his, uh, his speed. By all accounts, he seems to be a, a pretty pretty nippy winger, or wing back, sorry. Um, so I know you've spoken to a Cov fan about, um, about Jack. So, uh, yeah, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the scoop? I have, yeah. So um, literally just before we started recording this podcast, I recorded a video with uh, Louis, who is a Coventry season ticket holder. And I was very much kind of asking the question that I think we all want to ask is basically who is who is Jack Burroughs? What kind of a player are we getting? And some of the things you mentioned there were very much the big talking points. Versatility is the biggest thing that he's going to be bringing to us. We... We spoke in the lead up to the start of the season, all of us on the podcast, on videos, on everything, uh, even all of you guys listening would have spoken about it. Squad depth was something that we have clearly worked on this summer with six permanent signings and we looked really strong in basically every position. But there was a couple that we were still slightly lacking in. Right wing back, where we'd have had to have one of the centre-backs in TJ Yoma push out there. Or left wing back, where we'd have had to have one of the centre-halves in Sean Rowan push out there. And obviously on the first game of the season, that's what had to happen. So everything that we'd obviously planned for with Jaden Brown being on the left wing and Sean Rowan playing left centre-half immediately went out the window within the first game. And these things happen. Mm -hmm. But what Jack Burrows does is he brings in the ability to play on any of those sides. Now, from what I can gather, he is right-footed. So for, for those traditionalists, he's a, he is a right-sided um, wing-back. Yeah. But as I think Chris mentioned in the podcast last week, and I very much agree with nowadays in modern systems and the fact that you, uh, some wingbacks can get inverted and all of this, it really doesn't matter what foot a player is playing on, uh, yeah. what side a player is playing I mean, on, depending on their foot. Just, just on that as well. I know Mark Kennedy did say um, in his press conference today um, that, you know, he can, he, he's talented with both feet. So he's yeah. not, you know, he's, okay. he's able to use his left foot if he needs to. Um, so yes. that's you know a positive thing if he's if you're not going to be in Burton. Well, that they, there you go. That's another thing that is all under the kind of subheading of versatility. So you, you obviously mentioned the fact that he can play both wing backs, yeah, defensive midfield and also just central midfield as well. So he could play in one of those two roles if he was ever called upon. Let's say let's say a Ted Bishop and a Aaron Hamilton. Uh, were injured or something, you know, whatever it might be, if you had a shock situation, he could fill in there. And also one of the wide centre-half positions he has been known to play in before. So if we ever if we ever did have a couple of injuries again, he could slot in there without too much issue. And obviously mm -hmm. his height and such really helps facilitate that and, and his speed. So, yeah, ultimately what, what he brings us is somebody that's going to get a lot of minutes, even if he's not a starting player. He doesn't have to be the first name on a team sheet, but he'll still rack up more minutes than what he's probably done for Coventry in his whole career. And yeah. that's, not, that's not a slight on his career at Coventry. That's just the fact that he's going to be able to do so much for, for us. 
Um, in his interview when he signed, he very much spoke about the fact he just wanted minutes, which is obviously something we're going to be able to give him. Yep. When, I, when I spoke to Louis, and for the record, obviously, please go check out the YouTube channel to listen to the full interview, full sort of 15, 20-minute interview all about Jaguars. But one thing that Louis very much mentioned was the fact that it's it's quite clearly a loan that works for all parties. It yep. works for us because we've got a player in who is a solid player who can hopefully kick on at League One level to push himself up to a championship standard for Coventry. That's obviously good for Coventry because he's going out, he'll be getting minutes to, again, hopefully bring him up to a championship level standard. They clearly rate him for the record because mm-hmm. they he signed a new long-term deal with them at the start of the summer. Yeah, I think he's just signed a two-year deal, hasn't he? And yeah. he's, he's come straight out on loan. So Exactly. So the fact that, that, that obviously we've got that is also great. It also allows us to potentially create a link with Coventry, mm-hmm. um, another team that we're getting a loan player from, which is, again, a positive. And ultimately, it's perfect for the player because he knows he's going to come to us. He's going to get minutes. He might even be able to fight for one of those wing-back slots. Lass Sorensen is... Our heart always says that Lass Sorensen is going to be in that right wing back slot for years to come. Some people's heads may say slightly different and they may disagree with that. Some people I know don't necessarily rate him as much as others. Some people think he's brilliant and really made that position his own. Either way, he's now got some competition, which ultimately is going to make him better because competition yeah. is the best thing that you can have as a football player. They all say it because it pushes them to be the best version of themselves. So Absolutely. I genuinely don't see a single negative about this transfer. It's, it's as simple as that. And it's number one of the five loan spots. We've still got four left. It's not like this is a panic buy on deadline day because we haven't brought anybody else in. This, this has clearly been calculated. And also, I'd just like to say, again, it's another one that hasn't been leaked anywhere. The yeah. fact that these transfers come in and at midday, we're all sat there in the group chat. I mean, at 11.59, Chris put in our group chat, please be a wing-back, please yep. be a wing-back. <laughs> Two minutes later, get in, it's a wing-back. It's, yeah. again, it's such a good surprise. Um, and that's... I, I love it being a Lincoln fan in the transfer window because we get to find out about these players same time as everybody else does and we get to look, research them. Yeah. I mean, the thing is as well, you know, he's obviously, like you say, he's a player that Coventry rate. The fact he started 12 games for them in the championship last season um, shows that, you know, he's 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 getting there, but maybe not quite, you know, full starting 11 member just yet. Um, so, like you say, the best thing for him to do is go out, get some minutes. The question does arise, how many minutes does he get, particularly given... We've signed, you know, we've signed Jaden Brown over the close season. He's our player. We've got Lass Sorensen, who, you know, in in like you say, a lot of people's opinions has made that spot his own. Is he going to be keeping either of those out of the team if he's going to be playing at wing back? That's the question for me. The thing, the thing for me is, quite frankly, we don't know. <laughs> but but I, but I see that as a good thing because yeah. if he's. It's it's as simple as this. If he's good enough, he will. If he's yeah. not good enough, he won't. We in an ideal world, we're playing all of our own players all the time, and loan players are just backups whenever needed. Mm-hmm. But that isn't always the case. We've had we've had some loan players who have been the best players at the club over the past few seasons. That happens, and that's a that's actually a good thing. The fact that Matty Virtue started as many games as he did and would have started so much more if it wasn't for his sort of large injury at the yeah. start of this um, calendar year. That is a good thing because it makes us better. Like I said, have, having Jack Burrows in, it's going to push Lars Sorensen to be better. It's going to push Jaden Brown to be better. I don't see it as a negative. Even if even if he doesn't take one of those spots, that all that shows to me is that the other players in those positions have been better than him. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, if he's not good enough as a backup, he'll probably just go back in January. But I really don't see that being the case. No, I think you, you you know it's it's it is a tricky question to ask, um, and we're not going to know, obviously, until we we see what qualities he can bring to the squad. I mean, like you say, the um, go and check out the video uh, on the YouTube channel. But it, it does seem like he's uh, he's got a bit of pace about him. He's he's quite physical as well. Um, you know, he's uh, like I said before, six foot two, six foot three. He's uh, he's going to fit nicely in with the the rest of our summer signings. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's it, it was interesting to hear that um, the little note about you know unless something exceptional happens, then that's our permanent business yeah. done. I think um, I, you know, obviously, if if a, a deal comes along that's too good to resist, we we will make that you know we will make a purchase. But I think like. I can't see us maxing out the loans in the ways that we've done over the past few seasons. I think probably one or maybe t- I think one to be comfortable, uh, one to be all right, and two to be comfortable. I think probably coming in. I, I think we're still in need of a centre back, um, but then elsewhere, I mean, I think anything else on top of that is going to be just a little bit of like sugar on the top of the cake, isn't it? Really, in terms of additional players. Yeah, I mean. The Jez George's comment about permanent signings, I think it was sort of something we already knew. Yeah. Um, but it was just it just wasn't said yet because there wasn't the platform for Jez George to come out and say it, but obviously this has given him the chance to do so. Mm-hmm. It, we knew we were going to start looking at the loan market because we, we hadn't yet. We've, we've made six permanent signings. We're going to start filling in the positions that don't necessarily have a player as backup there. Like you said, another centre-half almost definitely will be coming in within a couple of weeks, you know, before the transfer deadline. I would also expect another wide attacking player. Um, hmm. We, it's, obviously Hakeem Adelikin isn't part of the squad, so I'm not going to include him here. But we've got Mandroyu, we've got Rico Hackett, and we've got Dylan Duffy. Now, yes, we can push one of Walker or House out there, that's not their main position. It's not what we're really going to want to do because then that limits us. Um, really, the only time them two, as far as I'm concerned, should be playing together is is if we're playing a three-five-two and both of them are up top next to each other. Um, so another wide attacking player, I would expect, is likely to come in. If not, then we will definitely be getting one in January. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also expect, like I said, I'd expect one to be coming in soon-ish. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's the opportunity there to bring in a solid player, and and I think the thing is with us doing our permanent business early, it allows us to be much more open with the clubs that we're presenting to to get their loan players, because mm-hmm. it allows us to say, look, we've got two really solid wingers in Mandroyu Rico Hackett. We've got Dylan Duffy, who's a young player who we also like to play more uh, on the left side. I think Dylan Duffy plays on more because he's right-footed, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so we would like your right foot, uh, your left-footed right winger, not necessarily to play every single minute of every single game, but he's going to be that very first backup to Danny Mandroyo on that right-hand side. Oh, sorry, Rico Hackett on that right-hand side. It allows us to say, look, we understand that you're going to want your player to play every single minute. We're not going to promise you that, but you also know that from the start. So yeah. it it just puts us in such a stronger negotiating position because we can be so open with these clubs, which also, again, as we mentioned with co- what we may have now with Coventry, it's building another strong relationship like we have done with other clubs in the past. Yeah, I think I, I do wonder if that's the conversation that's been had with Coventry about Burroughs mm-hmm. because my my thoughts, you know, whenever we get a lone player in, there's always that that thought of like, well, you know, are they going to play every game? And we know for a fact that we've had the, you know, we've had the the rebuttals and the, you know, the outright denials from the club that say, if there is a clause in a contract that says a player has to play so many minutes, we will not take that player on board. Um, so we know that, the, you know, they're never mandated to play so many minutes or so many games, but there is always that question of, well, you know, are are they potentially going to be recalled in you know in January if they're not getting enough minutes or whatever? But yeah, we'll we'll wait and see on that one and, and see how it goes. Um, but you know, it's it is definitely another um, interesting and exciting signing. Yeah. Um, even though we have a uh, you know we do have uh, this one as the first loan um, of the season, so interesting stuff. Right, um, so. Where are we now? Uh, what is next? Yes, uh, so there's a fans forum uh, coming up on the 31st of August, which is an interesting date for a fans forum, given that it's also the day that the transfer uh, transfer window closes. Um, you can, uh, I believe, you can register on the club website to uh, to go along. It's going to be free, and you can put your questions to uh, the 
folks that are going to be present. I believe it's Liam and Jez uh, on that one. Liam, Jez, Clive, and Mark Kennedy, all four. Okay. Um, so there we go. You can put your questions there. Uh, the forum itself starts at 7pm with doors at 6.30, and you can get tickets on the club website. Um just as I was going to the club website, there's a news piece that's put on there, um, which is a very interesting one. Um, the club has partnered with Bottesford Town um, to create a development centre based at the new impressive 3G facility at the Barrett Steel Stadium. Um they will operate with 25 teams ranging from the under seven girls and boys up to adult level football, while also including teams that are inclusive of people with disabilities. Their first team are members of the Northern Counties East League Premier Division. Um, so this looks that um, this looks like it's going to be a bit of a development, almost like a feeder club um, situation. I say we've literally just seen that. It does say just now that it's been published as I... Uh, as we record. So one to keep an eye on and um, probably one that we will uh, revisit at some point, but uh, yeah, interesting one um, yeah. to take a look at there. I'm Ethan Arahon and you're listening to the Stacey West podcast. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Lars Simpson. You're listening to the Stacey West podcast. Uh, and just a little bit of fun before we come on to the big preview. Um, no score draws, uh, also known as Cheap Panini, uh, at Cheap Panini on Twitter. Um Every time they've drawn a club, they, they basically do bad drawings of footballers. Uh, I think they started it as a, a charity thing during one of the World Cups where they said, we've, we're have we not going to buy all the stickers for the sticker album. We're going to draw them instead. Um, and they drew the entire sticker album across the entire tournament. So it was uh, all for charity. And they've done it for a few, a few tournaments since. And then um, since then, they've also drawn like legends and uh, heroes at different clubs put them on prints and mugs and sold them. And every time they ask who should we draw, I've always said you should do Lincoln. They've never done Lincoln, but finally they've drawn Lincoln. Um, and the results are pretty spectacular. So, um, yeah, at Cheap Panini on Twitter. I'm not calling it X, even if there's a fire. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Go and check them out because uh, they're they're good people. I've I've spoke with uh, I've had a um, you know been speaking with uh, Chris from Imptoons as well recently, and he's uh, he's had some conversations with them too. And they're by all means lovely people. So get on board with that uh, if you want a bit of a chuckle. Um, but that's the badly drawn footballers. Um, I've not got a segue for this, so <laughs> I'm just going to say on Saturday we're playing Wickham at home. It we're back at the bank. That is unbelievably disappointing. You should have had one made up, Ben. I was trying is, to think. No, no I, it's just not good enough, is it? <laughs> I was trying to think. Like I couldn't, I couldn't put two and two together for that one, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, uh, Wickham at home on Saturday. First time we've been back to the bank. Um, you know, in anger, I suppose, um, <laughs> since uh, since the last game of the season. And I am really, really looking forward to this one. I mean, the the games against Wickham have typically in the past been boring one-all draws that, you know, I think there was one game that got everybody angry because they time-wasted for 
what yeah. felt like 55, you know, 55 minutes of a 45 and minute half. And then scored late on. And then got a goal late on. Yeah. It was, you know, those kinds of games. Um, but they've got a new manager now. They've got a new, uh, by all means, they've got, well, by all accounts, they've got a new system. They've got a new setup. Um, so, should we get your the clip from the preview out of the way first, and then we'll talk about yeah, it? Yeah, let's do it. So, this week, well, in fact, today, uh, look peek behind the curtain, like I say, busy day. <laughs> today, I uh, got the chance to speak with George from the Wickham Way, uh, talking all things Wickham. I guess the, the best place to start is to talk about last weekend's games. Uh, sorry. Um, I'm sure you probably want to talk about that one as much as I do, but 3-0 loss to Exeter, wasn't it? Home game. Um, two goals inside of four minutes, if I'm not mistaken, and then a penalty save inside of nine minutes, which, you know, slightly better. But um, what happened? I, the first 10 minutes felt like a, a mental fever dream. It was just unbelievable. You know, we'd, we'd barely got underway and Exeter won the up. And then a, a scrappy goal from a corner, and it's two, like you say, within three minutes. Um, and at that point, sort of the game plan goes out the window. You're already chasing a two-goal lead. Um, and against any team in the division, that's that's going to be tricky to come back from. Um, Exeter did really well. And obviously a, a penalty mistake, uh, sorry, a penalty on eight minutes from a mistake yeah. from the goalkeeper. Um, he, he made up for it with a, a fantastic save. But... You know, from, from 10 minutes on, we were in the game. But, you know, it's always tricky to chase a two-goal lead against anyone. Yeah, I, I guess that's kind of the thing. It was somewhat similar with us. We went 1-0 down away at Bolton inside of four minutes. And when you're away at one of the teams that people expect to be title-challenging inside of four minutes, there's not really much you can do to get back into it. So I guess it's a very kind of similar situation with yourselves. Was it out of out of character mistakes or was it just naivety what what was the what was it if you could sort of put your finger on one thing that made you go two goals down so early um I mean, it, it's it, obviously the first game of the season it is tricky to put it down to any one thing um the, the first goal came from misplaced pass um and i suppose if you want to dissect that under Ainsworth, uh it might have just gone up the pitch mm-hmm. um it would have been gone to the their goalkeeper first instance but we tried to play out from the back uh, a risky pass and that backfired um, and then the second goal is is just poor defending it's just one of them things it happens um, you know probably still a bit shocked from the first goal going in they don't clear the ball don't get rid of it and it's it's stabbed down for two and at, at that point you know you're really up against it Okay well like, like Lincoln you um, you had the chance or you took the chance to really turn the form around in midweek away at MK Dons weren't you and uh, nice comfortable 2-0 win or, or was it a lot more of a struggle than what you'd have maybe hoped? Uh, up to the first half, I think a lot of people were sort of uh, on edge a little bit. It was very similar to the the issues we saw on Saturday. Uh, and then second half, we'd made a few subs that really changed the game in our favour. And for the last sort of half hour, uh, 25 minutes, we were in, we were in total control, really. Um, again, two sort of scrappy goals in our favour, but... On the complexion of the second half, I think we did deserve it and we came away with a 2-0 a win, which puts us in the hat. And like you say, it's a, a good result bouncing back from uh, from Saturday to uh, disappointment. Yeah, this is the thing. Those midweek cup games, obviously it's always nice to have a cup run. People aren't too bothered about the League Cup as much anymore, it seems. But especially when you yourselves like us losing last weekend, it's really good to be able to turn turn around that form which is really positive uh, yeah especially against uh, Milton Keynes as well you know <laughs> a, a game that everyone wanted to win um, you know a few question marks pre-game whether he'd go for uh, for sort of a, a cup side um, yeah. but, you know, he, he did go really strong he obviously went out looking for the win uh, Matt Bloomfield and in the end he, he got the victory he deserved um, and it's it's got the fans back on side so you sort of you you know you mentioned Matt Bloomfield there. I guess one of the big questions that everybody has on Wickham this season is: Has he been able to implement his style? Is and has he been able to do things radically different to what you've been doing for years? Uh, there's difference enough, but it's not a total overhaul. Mm-hmm. Um, there is still a sort of a direct aspect of it, but there's a little bit more patience in the build-up. 
Um, I mean, under Rainsworth, there was no secret. Wickham would get the ball to the first centre-back and it would go long to the, the striker up front. Uh, with Bloomfield, you can sort of see that although there's a, a long ball here and there to Sam Vokes, and that's one of his junks you've got to play to them, there's a little bit more progression through the midfield. Uh, and we've signed ball-playing defenders and midfielders this season, uh, this summer, sorry. Um, so it's clear to see, especially in the business we've done, uh, the way that Matt Bloomfield wants to go. Uh, I think we're still waiting to see that translated onto the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, especially on Saturday, uh, there's a little bit uh, too ma- too many long balls. Then we would have liked on Tuesday in the first half as well, uh, a little bit scrappy start to the game. Um, but you know that will that will come with time. There's a lot of new signs to bed in. I think we've made nine this season, which is up there. And there we go. That was George from the Wickham Way having a chat with Charlie about all things Wickham. So. Obviously, you know, first home game of the season, we're going to want to make an impression. Wickham are going to want to bounce back from what has actually been an identical start to us um, in terms of a 3-0 defeat in the league, then a 2-0 win in the trophy in midweek, uh, sorry, in the Carabao Cup in the week. Um, It also sounds a little bit like they're they're switching their style about and playing a little bit more football as well. Um, They, from what I can see, they set up in a similar way. Like they, they're kind of going, you know, five, three, two, three, five, two, or a four, three, three. Um, so what are we expecting from, uh, from the weekend, Charlie? So in terms of tactically, they have tried to implement slightly different style to what they had under Gareth Ainsworth. Um, obviously it's hard just to change that over one transfer window, considering how long he was at Wickham. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't expect it to suddenly be free flowing Pep Guardiola ball uh, <laughs> because that's just not what it's going to be. And that's what the Wickham fans know. And this is a little bit of a transitional um, sort of season. So just, George was saying on the on the preview there, and obviously go out, make sure to go check out the, the full preview on the YouTube channel. Again, just really pushing people over there today, aren't I? <laughs> um, yeah. They they are setting up in a three three at the back five at the back. Um, they they put a lot of pressure on their wing backs to move forward because if if they don't the front two so they have played in a bit of a five three two three five two system mm-hmm. um, or a three four three, but it, it ends up being more of a two up top. Those two right. can get quite isolated with the with the sort of more defensive u- uh, unit in behind. Now, what George um, sort of alluded to in the in the preview, he very much compared them to a Gareth Southgate England, right? When when we play five at the back, obviously not in a four three three, but when we play five at the back, and the wing backs are, are expected to push forward, the two up top are like I said, can be quite isolated if they're not careful. They have to be decent enough on the ball, but also decent enough aerially and physically. Um, And then what you've got is you've got two that sit much deeper. uh, And then you've got one who's kind of a a roaming playmaker, a roaming sort of number eight, who can come back to help defend with the sixes or can move forward and play in kind of a number 10 role, depending on the situations within the game. So it's going to be really interesting because if they're attacking, let's say an attacking unit of four, We'll just defend in an attacking unit of five, and then we've already got one man ahead, you know, one man on them then, mm-hmm. with obviously one, one player spare. If they decide to attack in, a, in an attacking unit of five, that's fine. Then chances are Ethan Aaron or um, Ethan Hamilton, I would expect Ethan Aaron would sort of cover that roaming playmaker position. So tactically on paper, it looks like it's better for us. Now in attack, if their wing-backs are pushing forward, that could end up leaving space for our wing-backs to do the same. So it might be quite a transitional game of sort of attack versus attack. Obviously, that's only on paper. It's Wickham. It will be a nil-nil draw. Um, <laughs> but it looks like a player like Lars Sorensen or a player like Jaden Brown on the other side, if he's fully fit to start, they're going to have a good bit of time on the ball. The uh, Our front three will just go on to their front three mm-hmm. with a Lars Sorensen then. Uh, or a Jaden Brown pushing on. I would then expect Jack Burrows to come on at some point in the game if he doesn't start, and if Jaden Brown and Lars Sorensen both start, I would expect Jack Burrows to come on because they those wing backs for us are going to be doing so much running up and down the pitch, they will end up getting tired. So it's then a perfect opportunity to see how Jack Burrows can fit into that system. 
obviously, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out in-game. But for mm. me, it really looks on paper like it's going to be a proper transitional match with them attacking and then us attacking. Uh, and really, the midfield players might end up being bypassed quite a lot. That's not me saying that Wickham are going to play like that or we're going to play like that, but it might just be what ends up happening because of the tactical setups of both sides. Kind of an enforced move. Exactly, exactly. Um, However, to kind of counteract that point, what uh, George said on the Wickham preview was that they're obviously trying to play out from the back, making passes through the thirds, whether that be out to the wing-backs or whether that be into the middle to then make a sort of diagonal through ball into the wing-backs, however that may be. But there are also times when they just still play hoofball. Mm-hmm. And that's because, as I've said, this is a transitional season for them. They're not going to be able to get out of that mindset all the time of, if in doubt, kick it out. Because they're, they're still going to be like that. So we have also got to be strong and physical in defence. Picking up on a couple of their players that they've got for this new season. Yeah, I was going to say, because if we go through those, I know that Gaz was quite sweet on Dale Taylor, wasn't he, for a bit? Yeah. From, from Forrest uh, coming as potentially to us. was I. Um, yeah. I thought, I, I really rated Dale Taylor last season. I saw him in a Youth Cup game and for Forrest a couple of seasons back. And he looked, he looked a player then. Um, and yeah, he, he then went to Burton and again, he looked a player. He got sort of like five goals in 16 matches, which isn't exactly setting the world alight. But for a Burton Albion side, who mm. don't exactly, didn't exactly score that many with their strikers, mm-hmm. it was really impressive. He looks like a proper, he, he looks like the sort of player that's become a man from a boy. And, yeah. We've said it a lot about Freddie Draper. It, is, it sounds so simple, you know, it sounds daft. But he really seems to have come on. He's a proper built striker. Um, he's, he's reasonably tall. Um, I think he's actually just under six foot. But he look, he's one of these players that just looks bigger than what he might actually be. Yeah. And he's going to be able to get into those positions. So we've got to very much be wary of Dale Taylor, I think, in this game. And also they've got the likes of a Brandon Hanlon that can also get up yeah. in the air, as well as obviously Sam Vokes. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's then, the thing. Like, my, my the, the sort of, you can never rule out the threat of, of you know, the likes of Hanlon and Vokes because mm. I think, what, Vokes is 33 now, I think. Yeah. So it's like he's, probably coming towards the the twilight of his career as a striker but he's always going to be a threat you know you're never going to be he's never going to be out of the game but i think in terms of other people that they've brought in um i i quite liked you know luke leahy when he was at shrewsbury um and i I think you know he's he's made a bit of an impression already by the sounds of it at wickham um of course the other the other one that we would know about more than anything else would be Harry Boys coming in from, uh, you know, from Sheffield United on loan. Um, and I wonder if we're going to see the Harry Boys that we saw before the Sheffield Wednesday game, or if we're <laughs> going to see the Harry Boys that we saw after the Sheffield Wednesday game um, on Saturday. Well, I'd like from, to see the former, from, to be fair. From what I heard, um, Harry Boys was effectively their man of the match on Tuesday night. Right. Um, I don't think he was actually given it, but he, he should have been from from the uh, opinion that I have spoke to. So he he's clearly a player that's going to suit their role. Mm-hmm. He's a player that I think probably could have suited our role this season. We've moved on from Harry Boys, totally fair enough. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely a player in there. And I, I also want to pick up on the wing-back they've got on the other side, Kane Vincent Young. Mm-hmm. Now, one hell of a player one hell of a player at this level. Um, as any Ipswich fan, any Colchester fan will tell you, a brilliant, brilliant right wing back. So we've got to very much make sure to shut him down. Um, he's not just really good offensively, but also really good defensively. He's a proper unit of a player, but has also got considerable amounts of pace. If we're not careful, he's going to run that right-hand side um, or, or you know our left hand side, so it may be one of the games where you see the likes of Ethan Aaron having to come across and cover with Jaden Brown um, mm-hmm. against the likes of Kane Vincent, which could then leave us open in the middle of the park as well. So it's going to be. I, I, I've got to be really careful here not to sound too much like Chris. Not that that's a problem, Chris, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but 
it's going to be a really interesting tactical game to see how we set up man to man against them. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, this, this is going to be the kind of game where we, we won't deviate from that 4 3 3 too much. Sorry, 3 4 3 too much. I keep saying 4 3 3. Um, I, did, I didn't pick up on it earlier. I'll let you off, but yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't going through that time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it seems like we're not going to be deviating too much from that 3 4 3. Yeah. Um, unless we get, you know, late on in the game and we, we potentially might need to go two up top, um, in which case, you know, we can then bring on walker if house starts or house Mm -hmm. if walker starts i would probably i would assume that house is going to start on saturday um and walker come on maybe you know late in the second half if we're if we're sort of looking for a late goal um but yeah i mean I, i i can't see to be honest too many changes being made from the side that played bolton um yeah i now Forgive me because I have not listened to every single one of Kennedy's interviews over the past week. Um, what was the situation with Jacko? Because he was nowhere to be seen on Tuesday night, was he? Um, I think either. I think he said he's got a, a, a slight niggle, but we're not entirely sure. So yeah, maybe. For, for, for me, this is the game where Jacko would start over over TJ. Um, and I know it's something we spoke about a lot on the monthly show. TJ can really make that right centre-half position his own as kind of a wide centre-back with attacking capabilities as well, being able to properly turn on the ball and, and basically yeah. send the likes of Lars Sorensen up the pitch. Um, but I also think that if they if they do have to resort to hoofball at certain times, then that right centre-half could be really necessary to be a... Yeah. A, a bridge- out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, it's... It, I, I, I just said, you know, I'll just go slightly back on what I said about, you know, I don't think there's going to be too many, uh, too many differences to the uh, to the Bolton game. Obviously, there were, um, there will be quite different because we started a different bloody formation. But, um, but yeah, you know, if we if we start with that three four three, I think we're going to be looking at. No, we didn't. We started in the three four three against Bolton. Did we? Yeah. House and Walker started. Yeah, I know. We still started the three four three. It was it was Walker that was out wide, was it? House? Oh, of course no, it was. It was. it was still the three four three. Yes, it, sorry, it, sorry. We, no, we all just... we all assumed that. On yes, paper that's it was right. Yeah, five yeah, three yeah. two, but it wasn't. It was a three four three. Yep. Yeah, no, sorry. Yep, you're right. I'm, I'm getting self muddled, as always. Um, but no, look, you got the. I, I think we'll we'll go with that, and I think I'm thinking we're going to see essentially a front three of um, Hackett, Mandroyo, and and House. Uh, to start with, and then you know the traditional three at the back. Um, possibly, like you say, if Jacko's injured or if Jacko's out, then it'll obviously be Rowan O'Connor and Neoma starting. Um, yeah. And then midfield, I, I don't, th- I, I think I've heard that Teddy Bishop might be fit for Saturday. Um, I, don't, I don't think he starts. But no, he, I don't think he starts either. No. I really don't think he starts. Um, yeah, interesting one. Um, but you know, are we gonna are we gonna stick our neck on the line and, and give a prediction, Charlie? Yeah. So I gave um, a two nil prediction. Um, I know spoiler alert for the end of the preview, but I gave a I gave a two nil prediction. Um, I think we're we're gonna go out to win the game, and I think it's gonna be a comfortable victory for us. That's not me dissing Wickham. That's not me saying it's not gonna be a tough game, but I think we're gonna we're going to again really execute what we want from our game plan um, and and win the game uh, at a reasonable comfortability. Comfortability, that's a Yes. Was <laughs> <laughs> it you that picked Wickham as your surprise strugglers? No, that was Chris. That was um, Chris. And I, I half agreed with him, half didn't. I didn't agree with him in the fact that I don't think that, that it will be a surprise but i do think they'll be struggling right okay so yeah i mean i i, I think i'm gonna go with an imps win as well um i think i'm probably gonna go one nil um I, I think given you know what you've said and what we've looked at um it's gonna be one of those games that's quite tight i think mm-hmm. um and it might just be down to a moment of quality from somebody to you know to, to break the deadlock and then separate the two sides so yeah i'm gonna go one nil you're gonna go two nil um, 
So it's going to be an all draw. So yeah, it's going to be a draw, and <laughs> everyone's going to boo at the end because that's that's what Lincoln fans do, apparently. Um, no, look. Let's not think about that. <laughs> look, it's going to be it's going to be great to get back to the bank and see this everybody. Is it. It'll be um, great to be stood in that fan zone at two o'clock. Yep, having a pint, everybody looking down at their phones. Contemplating it, whatever we've said will go out the window as soon as that team news comes out. Jack Burroughs yep. will be starting up top with um, Danny Manjoy, <laughs> Ben Hassel being centre mid. Yeah. No, it'll, yeah, yeah, it'll it'll just be one of those. Yeah, I am thoroughly looking forward to it. It's been too long. This preseason seemed very strange. It's it's kind of it, it's felt like five minutes, but at the same time, it's felt like a lifetime. Um, but yeah, I think everybody getting back to the bank on Saturday is going to be uh, going to be a really good, really good time. But that's going to do us for the podcast. Um, in terms of things to plug, obviously the YouTube channel. Charlie's been doing it plenty throughout the uh, the episode already. But go and get yourself subscribed. Um, I think the current numbers are just over nine hundred. Nine hundred and seventeen. I have the live subscriber count up on one of my tabs. There you go. Nine. <laughs> 917 get us up to a thousand which means that we can uh, we can get some money in and hopefully sponsor another player because as gaz teased earlier another yeah gaz teased earlier we, we, we do have a sponsorship of a player um i believe wrapped up um and you know but we will we will leave that to to mr hutchinson to announce uh properly and uh, I think that's about it in terms of plugs. Yeah, um, I don't have anything. Um, yeah, like you know, we YouTube channel just to mention it for the first time. Now. <laughs> <laughs> We've spoken about it enough. The the content's coming thick and fast. I think from all of us, it's kind of just a thank you to all of you guys listening because we we've been talking in the group chat over the weekend and this week of some of the numbers that we got over the summer um, with the kind of off-season content and the stuff for the start of the season. The numbers are just astonishing um, and that's all down to you guys for listening. So, Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. There we go. Thank you very much and until next week, up the imps. Up the imps. around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.